You and I with Rashmi Shetty is a simple attempt of bringing in stories of people you and I can draw inspiration from. Ordinary folks, extraordinary lives, their uniqueness and individuality that make them interesting to talk to and to listen to. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guest today is Ashu Khanna, founder and CEO of Arka Leadership with decades of experience as entrepreneur, leadership coach, author, speaker, and chartered accountant. Highly perceptive, warm, and adventurous, Ashu has successfully partnered with many CXOs to reimagine possibilities and be empowered to design a life of success and happiness. The very essence of her workshops and programs are self-realization, potential maximization, positive state of mind, and embracing joyfulness. A mentor for coaches, she has guided many coaches to enhance their understanding and effectiveness of coaching and established a community which believes in authentic leadership. Ashu is a well-sought-after professional and motivational speaker and has delivered keynotes, sessions, and workshops for global audiences on leadership, self-awareness, and coaching. Hi, Ashu. Such a pleasure talking to you, meeting you. I've been such a big fan of yours and have followed you on LinkedIn, admired the way you put out those wonderful snippets and nuggets of uh, wisdom because they're so simple yet practical. And uh, I love the way you articulate those thoughts. I admire anyone who's articulate, especially if they're women. And you were one of the coaches on top for me because I love the way you put your thoughts and strung them into a beautiful necklace every time you put out a thought, whether it was written or spoken. So I want to know what your journey has been like from the time little Ashu came into this world to this articulate Ashu that people around you admire. So firstly, thank you, thank you very much. I am more than, I think, taken aback and humbled with your start. Um, and when you really you know talk about uh, this little Ashu and how she was when she came into the world to the person you experience today it's a journey uh, I was always chatty yet I was timid so there was a big difference between being chatty and being expressive I could uh, chat and tell stories 19 to a dozen where I felt safe, but I could not express my feelings. And even today, uh, expressing my deepest self happens the best on paper and it takes me time to say it out aloud sometimes. I need that uh, time and space to find the words. 
but of course with time and practice it has come a long long i've come a long way uh, i would suppress myself a lot because i would either assume that nobody will understand me or i didn't understand possibly myself i think at that time you know when you're a kid or you're growing up that's the game you play that no one understands you uh, adulthood is a little bit of a difficult space to be in terms of you have to accept it's not the world that's not understanding you it's you who's not understanding yourself and are therefore finding it difficult to communicate yourself to the world uh, for various reasons of whether it's fear or you know just uh, respect or awkwardness or hesitations there are just so many uh, stories that we have in our head or reasons that we give to ourselves uh adulthood teaches you to have to let go of all of that and i think writing has given me the, the biggest uh, empowerment it's been a huge tool to finding my expression and my clarity it's a discipline i have had to create in myself and uh, my own writings surprise me because uh, i don't know that so much exists inside me i think that's been always the biggest surprise that the amount of effort what people call as you know whether it is attending courses discourses studying i don't do so much of i have obviously attended and read a lot but i think the amount i churn or give myself space internally is more than just the consumption that i do and i think that's what allows me to bring my expression alive uh rather than just say what the world is saying and say the same so maybe there's a certain stubbornness to be my own person <laughs> which i've discovered with time and i think that's what has it continues to push me to discover new expressions discover new expressions and was the process of this articulation of those thoughts part of that discovery process as well and when did you uh, decide that okay now i i can put those thoughts out was it writing was it the space that you took to churn your thoughts when did you decide that you'll go out there because you started off by saying you were timid when did that take a back seat or did it help you in your reflection so uh i think that timidity went away gradually maybe i didn't see it okay. uh i think i lived with that self label for a while uh but uh world saw me as very strong and i think the mismatch was that i would erupt and assert myself but did i truly express myself and there's a huge difference i've learned over the years uh it's easy to be aggressive and assertive it is more difficult to be expressed truly expressive which is contributing to another and yourself Uh, that has been a journey and uh, it's been a 
you know, a subtle journey. I wouldn't say it's happened overnight. So even at my workspace, um, advisory was something I enjoyed more than process. Anything that had the element of uh, creativity, creative expression, uniqueness, doing something new. Uh, funnily, I didn't know that I had so much vocabulary in me. <laughs> 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 because once again, there was this uh, voice which said, you're not an English lit student, and therefore only people who are uh, English literature students or such are the ones who can write. Uh, so writing emerged, I think, Someone up there decided, so I'm, okay. My friend above has continues to push me. And at one point you'd say, okay, I have to just do what I'm being asked to do. Let's just stop resisting. Uh, so coaching was the first place where I learned how to be expressive because suddenly there was a higher self-expression occurring there versus just the uh, persona coming alive. Mm -hmm. And somehow I thrived in that space. It was so intuitive to me. It was not challenging for me. In fact, it was uh, exhilarating for me. Uh, that morphed into the whole insights now, when you're going through your, and I was very, coaching emerged a lot as an outcome of my own journey of transformation. It is not as if it was a profession that I chose. It's, it emerged as an outcome. And similarly, going through these, this huge journey of transformation, there were just so many insights that kept coming up. Um, and I think somewhere you have this, all of us have this need for significance and being right. <laughs> uh, maybe writing gave me that ability to put what I thought the whole world was also saying, and I was also saying it. But I think what really stood out for me in my writings or my insights uh, when I was attending a lot of courses on spirituality or self-transformation, I found them very complex. And what I discovered was that the essence was very simple. Uh, in fact, I felt as if the complexity was just something that was, that could be broken down into the simplest language. And I would say, I'm blessed to have found the ability to say the most complex science in the world in the most simplest way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found emerging out of me is that whole, because I always had this, so the child or in me always saw life very simple. If I love you, you got to love me back. <laughs> it was as simple as that. <laughs> there was no concept of ego or anything. And it was like, okay, I'm nice, you're nice, let's get on. It was, it, there was this simple child that has stayed very much alive in me that, hey, why are we making such a big deal and life's actually so simple? Hmm. So, of course, you don't realize that you've made a big deal out of it yourself. But uh, 
so when I found myself coming up with these insights, which were, I felt I started pinning them down mm -hmm. and I shared them with a friend who just somehow she, someone who was in the PR world who went and shared them at TOI and business today, you know, other magazines. Mm -hmm. So the fortune that I had was that my very early writings got published in one of the premium media. So that gave a huge sense of validation and confidence to pursue. Mm -hmm. uh, those writings, actually two things happened. One, the insights that would emerge would give me a lot of clarity to shed my own webs in the head. Mm -hmm. Uh, my own, uh, it helped me shed my ego in a huge way. You know, when you're chasing success and you're trying to understand uh, dimensions of it. Uh, second thing it did was it charted, I started noticing that whatever is emerging is actually my life path is being shown to me. Hmm. So it, it actually somehow made it easier although even difficult because you know what to do but you can't do it <laughs> so it has a double-edged sword but yet it was a sense of knowing of where I'm headed and what is next and how uh, and then it was just a question of saying okay I'll, you know when I had a certain set of writings together you sit back and you have a light bulb moment hey this is meant to be a book uh, from there, I would say it's been an easier process of once you realize that, oh, it's meant to be a book, then the book two, book three, the rest just kept following. Mm -hmm. And it's become a far more easier process, um, a easier uh, space. And my books have given me, or my writings have given me the ability to express and articulate myself with far higher clarity and to understand myself mm. and say it out to the world. I don't know if I could have done it without that discipline. Okay, uh, this, this sounds like magic that you sit down, you write your thoughts, you share it with a friend and the world takes over from there. Uh, and when you said you put your thoughts out there which is all caught in a web and then you get it out. Uh, can you give an example of how putting your thoughts out to clarify and remove the webs around it showed you a path of life? Could you give an example of how uh, that so, is? I'll tell, give you my most recent book because mm -hmm. that I would, so the rest, yes, were insights which cleared the webs, but from a very life path, my most recent book, I Am Perfection, I, when I first put down the uh, concepts and chapters, I had about 30 plus chapters. And I have a habit that after I write, I will put my writings aside because what I, you notice is that you become, you and the writer, the writing and the writer become too enmeshed. Mm -hmm. So I have to give it some distance to read it again. And clean it up. Uh, earlier, I would have an editor help me who would, although I would do that, but obviously the editor plays a very similar role. Yeah. For this book, I chose not to have an editor. Mm. And uh, I mean, a friend read through it the same, but 
not really an editor editor i took off to goa for 10 days i asked told my husband that this book is driving me i need space this book is demanding space and it's asking me that i need to uh i had this in very i i mean it was one of those real memorable moments of knowing that i went to the beach and i came back and i realized that the ego is nothing but the other side of love when that flip happened inside me i think i was so amused with myself uh like you realize that you've been trapped in nothing but yourself mm-hmm. okay. and uh i looked at the book yet again those 30 chapters suddenly became seven and i noticed that the book was now a journey of the mind it was not any more insights but the journey of my mind mm. i changed the entire layout of the book and the way the book was done i mean to see 30 or 33 chapters reducing to seven was mind blowing for me uh after that i went about that book extremely patiently it has taken a tremendous amount it has i think the amount of patience that book built in me is un- and trust in the universe uh is unbelievable because i would write and each time i would say no i'm not ready no i'm not ready to publish uh 2020 is when i felt i was getting there because that's when the book hit a point of showing me that the last chapter said actually laid out the path to authentic leadership as to that when you journey from unanchored emotions to and you live that life of projected emotions the uh, you know the manas the ahamkara and have the intellect which is your pattern identification the discernment when i saw all that and how when you live with yoga that's your authentic leadership covid had just happened as well so firstly last few years this whole journey of inner transformation had had people coming back and telling me repeatedly that they experienced me as my brand became one of authenticity uh to when covid happened there was this uh, i was again in you know writing uh, for newspapers and magazines the way i do and what my writings all came about saying that we are heading for an era of authentic leadership then i looked at my book and i said oh my god this is telling me the whole path to authentic leadership so basically i've been presented with the entire format to show to the world how to live life with authenticity and grow into authentic leaders so the book i am perfection which then i launched in october 2020 so seeing the congruence of my journey the events my brand the book was so overwhelming for me uh and knowing that it's laid out in this book and i have to now live it and make it come alive 
uh, I don't know whether I should call it magic or I should call it's beyond blessing, but it is what it is. It is uh, humbling and it is also a huge responsibility. Mm. So it's overwhelming in its own way to realize the gift you've been given and what you have set out for yourself and not knowing how to do it. You see, that's where the overwhelm comes. That, that you have to once again surrender to the trust in the universe that if it's given me a path, it will open the path. And it's uh, not an easy journey of trust because you are obviously anxious to see it unfold. Mm -hmm. uh, but time has its own uh, journey. You can't make it move faster or slower. And that's the difficult one to learn to dance in rhythm with it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> takes the monkey out of me but yes it this this is magical it's beautiful uh, but you know like they described Kishore Kumar there was a method to his madness there seems to be a method to this magic as well and uh, when you said that you took that 10-day break and you went to Goa and you got this epiphany that moment where you realize that the other side of ego is love uh, can you explain that Ashu uh, ego is normally seen as the reason why leaders are not popular or liked uh, relationships are and uh, people lose themselves in love with themselves when they have ego leading the way so can you describe how uh, you can make ego look tender, ego look good, and find the other side and have a beautiful dance? So, first of all, understanding or awakening to that the ego is nothing but a manifestation of the same. Uh, you know, we say life is one, the source is one. Yeah. Now, when you say the source is one, the enormity of that statement means that the ego is nothing but a manifestation of the source. Uh, if you, when you say fear, now ego basically means fear, a sense of not knowing. Whereas love is trust and a sense of knowing and surrender and uh, it's a space of faith and patience, compassion. It's a completely and the way to turn it around, or rather gradually, it's not something that obviously happens overnight. It's obviously a journey, but curiosity and vulnerability are the two things that are... So if I had to look at the word human being, human and being are two beautiful words that come together where the human has the capacity to be curious and vulnerable or I'll, no, the human has the ability to be vulnerable and yeah, and uh, curious and vulnerable. The being is your source of answers. Yeah. When you turn curiously and vulnerably towards your being yeah. is when that human being comes together. Yeah. Now, what happens is we 
A, stop being vulnerable to the world. B, we stop being curious to, and, you know, as well. Uh, we turn curiosity into judgment. We turn vulnerability into aggression. Mm. And that is how we lose the two. Okay, okay. If you were to change them into curiosity and vulnerability, you actually awaken or you unleash the explorer within, which is what is our true self. We are born explorers. I mean, whether you look at Christopher Columbus or Vasco da Gama, all of them, or you look at a person who, you know, the Wright brothers, that why of aircraft? Because you wanted to travel the world. You want to see more. Why are, do, are we curious to know the earth is round or flat? Uh, why space? It's that intense curiosity. It is not a judgment you are displaying there. But when it comes to ourselves, we do not get curious, we get judgmental. Uh, similarly, we are very, we are vulnerable. We are okay being vulnerable when we want to learn about things in the world. But we shut that vulnerability down when we want to learn about ourselves. So it is so outward focus versus inward focus. So what I did was now I, as a kid, was hugely labeled as sensitive and emotional. And I grew up with that. And I always saw that as a not nice thing. You know, when everybody's telling you, you're too sensitive, you're too emotional. Uh, huge, huge, I would say the best gift I had was the fact that I was so sensitive and so emotional because I turned them around by using my emotions as a alert mechanism to ask myself, what are they trying to say to me? Because that's what emotions are. They are, in a, they are your radar. You know, when you're tired, you ask yourself, you take a rest. So similarly, if I'm unhappy, I started asking myself. And I turned that sensitivity inwards rather than outwards. Instead of being sensitive to what the world had to say, I started being sensitive to listening to what was my inside trying to say to me. And it is that which flipped everything for me bit by bit by bit. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. What happened in that 10 days in Goa that helped you bring 30 plus chapters into seven and uh, what happened when you took a break went away where alone uh, what were you doing uh, in order to were you like just meditating were you just letting go doing nothing and thinking about the book how did so many chapters just condense <laughs> so uh it is not something that happens overnight. Obviously, there is an unfoldment occurring bit by bit by bit. Um, I have over the last 15, 16 years taken time out for myself on numerous occasions. Uh, so there is, so I'll go back to 2006 
when I, so firstly, I have this innate and I'm sure I know that everybody has it. Okay. We all trust our intuitions at some moments in time. Uh, for some, it may be, it's, and it's vivid. If you remember, if you think about it, those moments will be very vivid. Mm. But question is, how often do we think about it? Mm. Now, in 2006, what occurred for me was an interaction with a coach who actually calls herself an image consultant, Lynn Marks, based in the US. Uh, she felt that I was displaying a hugely split personality because there was this chatty child in me and there was this aggressive adult in me. Now, I did not see them as two separate people, <laughs> but that's really what I had become. That when I felt safe, when I didn't feel the need to prove myself, I was very much this chatty, happy person. When I went into this oh my God, I got to prove myself kind of zone. I was this aggressive, assertive, not so nice <laughs> person, happy person around. Uh, she actually held that mirror to me. Uh, one of the uh, classmates said that, whatever happened to you yesterday, you were such fun. Why are you not fun in class? I had not had anybody say that so up in my face. And uh, Lynn asked me, are you coachable? Now that was like, hey, okay. You know, that immediate protective instinct comes. What are you trying to say? A part of me got damn curious and chased and actually in the evening said, no, I got to figure this out. So, because by then I was, from 2001 onwards on such an intense journey of seeking for what can I do with myself and my life, I think I was pretty much at my wits end of needing answers. Yeah. Uh, she helped me see that with, a, with one question, uh, whose acceptance are you waiting for? That one question was so it pretty much pierced and dissolved me then and there. And through that, I realized that my inner voice or my intuition is what I need to trust to find my way out of the web that I had created for myself. Because I had been seeking to bring that happy chatty child back. I had been seeking to find my sense of contentment and simplicity. Because as a kid, if you ever asked me, what do you want? My answer was nothing but love. Uh, very simple, happy. I didn't have any needs or much fuss around myself. And in trying to fit into the world, I had created a lot of fuss around myself. So when I realized that my inner voice or my intuition was my answer or my way out, that's when you go backwards and say, hey, when have I trusted it in the past? Now, a couple of moments like, you know, whether it was getting married to my husband, uh, there were times in life when I took some very maverick or in the moment decisions, uh, which were totally intuition based. From there on started the whole journey of learning to trust the intuition more and more and more and more. 
and the way inwards is to shed your perceptions and identifications now the deeper you go inwards and build your relationship with your inner self um and you de-layer then the process of unfoldment as i said time plays its own role so when you ask me what happened in goa i would say it was time time playing its own role uh i have in the years as i told you like i have trusting that intuition sometimes gone off to vishnu devi sometimes vrindavan sometimes vipassana uh sometimes uh, doing a course like pranic healing i've done or coaching courses i have done all kinds of things purely on that instantaneous moment of hey this is what is needed for me mm. and i think it's that trust which has gifted me with that flip occurring for me because even going to goa was nothing but a decision of trust and what i found is every time i give that space to my self the self within and it demands space and i go out i come back way richer than i even could have imagined i think i go with a very small possibility or with a very small question and quest and i come back with so much so the answer i've come to in my life is that my quest or my own imagination is too too minuscule or too limited because i don't even know what exists beyond and what's even possible i just have learned to live with trust and learned to live with surrender beautiful because for me when i read the gita it was the vishwarupa darshan chapter the 11th chapter just that one phrase nimitta matra bhava sabya sachi which is just merely be my instrument to create this truth was that moment of answers that all you need to do is just surrender so i loved it when you said my friend up there uh because for me that relationship has different uh names that i give it at different points of my life and uh, surrender has been difficult but has been one of the most beautiful ways in which the paths have just opened and since you are somebody who's so highly spiritual and connected i want to ask you uh, if in that frame of mind of spirituality you are looking at life how how would you describe a very simple yet beautiful way of living no faith faith is a word that is i think least understood and uh, most doubted yeah. <laughs> uh, and i have the in uh, it is a simple five letter word which i was fortunate i grew up in a home where there was a lot of faith my mother used to spend her morning evening doing her prayers uh, my father so if i had to 
my my there was a lot of devotion in my house and there was a lot of surrender in my house and i think i did not understand how the two came together till i've lived it uh i saw it as now i used to as a kid go with my mom to the temple there's an association i formed with the idol of lord krishna very early in my life and i've had my share of fights conversations everything um, all my uh, angst and demands <laughs> <laughs> happened there um uh, and uh, but you know i think it was very limited to an external relationship the beauty of it of this whole journey of spirituality has been understanding that actually that krishna or that consciousness or the inner voice exists in all of us it's just that we give it different names of allah jesus ram and whatever else uh and the stronger i have built deepened my relationship the more i have discovered that there is a way out of every situation through that relationship and voice so if i would tell everybody is to not you know the idol outside is an anchor for the idol the temple within us so embrace your own temple really embrace yourself within and every every answer every solution it comes from inside even who to ask externally comes from inside it's and the other thing i've learned is that there are you know i often joke about it there are we have a population of 7 plus billion when people say they find it hard to be vulnerable i think my i commonly joke you cannot say that you can't find safety in 7 billion in one in 7 billion i mean come on what are these human beings on earth for if not to help you are they here only to make noise and i think because a few in our life make noise we give them that power of the billion and we ignore the other billion the rest we and that is what whereas i decided to reach out to the billion and say okay that will tell me how to handle the smaller ones <laughs> true very true and so that faith in the voice of possibility of that faith with from inside learn what faith is understand the true meaning and essence of faith is what i'll tell the world we all uh, self faith we don't know faith and that i think is the saddest uh reality of life that faith has become a business venture uh politics it has become it has become everything but our true reality mm. honestly that that is the truth that we are living with now where and maybe that is the reason why faith is questioned when people color it with different colors which doesn't have to be so 
And so in that faith aspect, Ashu, authenticity, and you are a coach who is personified as somebody who is talking about authentic leadership all the time and being authentic. Are there any negatives or uh, disadvantages of being authentic? I shall tell you it's a challenging question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being authentic is the toughest act to follow. Uh, because being your true self or holding yourself up to that standard is not easy. Uh, I think it was at some point understanding that the biggest fool on this earth was me and continues to be me when I think that the world doesn't understand or see me. Uh, that's my own foolishness coming in my way. The world sees me, the world understands and it is our foolishness which makes us try and live a fake life. We live in pretense, we live in denial and actually all we do is give people, you know, fodder for gossips. We are just giving them that. So when you stop being fake, what you've done is actually suddenly you are holding others to that standard. Now, that is the first challenge that comes in the way is A, holding yourself to the challenge and B, holding others. Now, it is not something that you learn what authenticity or authentic living means overnight because the ego is so thick or our thought patterns are so hard, hardwired, uh, you habitually fall prey of yourself. And you don't even realize it when you've fallen prey because then you get all defensive, offensive and everything. So, and each time you're trying to dig yourself out of that grave, sometimes you only end up digging yourself deeper because you are trying to be authentic, but actually you're just trying to be defensive and tell another, I am right, you are wrong. And it takes time to understand that authenticity does not mean speaking your personality or your opinion. It does not mean being righteous. It means being that instrument of the higher self and changing your language to that level or having the capacity to pause to that level that only the language of the higher self emerges from you and nothing else is not an easy thing to do. And uh, no doubt, the more you do it, the benefit of it is manifold. See, if you read the Bhagavad Gita, he says, you just do this much and the rest, the world is yours. We find it difficult to do this much, but we want the world. I have seen, I will do this much, I get the world. I literally have to put in that effort to do this much consistently. But often in doing that, I do trip because those uh, there are still lessons for me to learn. There are still ways for me to go. And uh, that humanness comes in the way, <laughs> which keeps reminding me that, hey, there's still a long journey ahead for you. <laughs> 
No, I think that statement applies to all of us. It's a long journey. Life is a marathon. So constantly we are learning something or the other about ourselves, not about the world. And uh, in that journey, if somebody asks you uh, that, how do you, you, you said it very simply. This is, I started writing my thoughts and I sent it to a friend and then uh, other people appreciated it. And then I got columns and then that gave validation. And then I put my thoughts out, all my insights out into books that came. And I, I don't know where they came from and I didn't know there was so much within. Is it true that everyone has an author within? I don't know if everyone has an author within, but everyone has a gift within. Hmm. Uh, someone, sh some share it through music. That's hmm. their authorship, so to speak. Some share it through dance. Some share it on a canvas. Some architect, you know, architectural design. We all have that creative instinct within or creative expression within. Uh, and we express it in different ways. It's some put it out on paper and some put it out uh, in different mediums. And it is those different mediums which add to all of us or keep us all entertained as well as inspire us, help us learn, grow, and show us the plethora of possibilities that exist. So I would put it as there is a story in each one. I don't know if there's an author in each one, but there is a story in each one of us of inspiration. So the storyteller can come out in any form, any form in which you inspire. Okay. Uh, and now we've come to that point where uh, I would uh, ask you to look back at life and give us three life lessons that you think life has taught? Uh, what, okay, so if I had to really uh, give a title to my life, <laughs> it would be the journey of uh, from childhood to victimhood to uh, leadership or self, you know, adulthood. And really, if I had, so the first lesson I would say is you have to rescue yourself. Nobody is going to come and rescue you. You have to ask for help. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I would say is the rescuer exists in all of us and even tells us where and how to rescue ourselves. Mm -hmm. The third thing I would say is uh, we take life too seriously. Life really goes on at, in its own way and is not taking us that seriously because that's a play. Uh, we have to learn to see it as a sport, as a play. Uh, it's our own uh, need and sense of significance that makes us take ourselves seriously. And there are just so many videos that keep coming back, which show us that like as that even invisible grain of sand, if you look from space to down and you can't even spot that grain of sand. Yeah. Uh, yet uh, that's the play of the play of life, how the ego makes us feel so and how actually are we so. 
<laughs> and stealing it from you. All you need to do is flip the ego and love the self. <laughs> yep. So my, my book, I Am Perfection, starts with, uh, again, a moment of waking up. Mm-hmm. That uh, the, when you asked me how is, you know, how do you do it? And uh, it was that moment of waking up to saying that the fear of unknown exists in all. And you can actually conquer it by flipping the coin to being curious and vulnerable rather than staying focused on fear. Wow. So uh, just as we are leaving, uh, Ashu, as we're concluding, does curiosity and vulnerability also help keep you authentic? Oh, absolutely. Vulnerability is, I would say, one of the biggest ones. Because without that, authenticity doesn't pan out. Uh, Assuming that I know everything is the first mistake you would make. Mm -hmm. And being okay with not knowing and being okay with therefore asking uh, is where authenticity first pans out. Uh, Curiosity is what really helps you then reach out into the world, into unleashing that explorer to say, okay, how can I express myself authentically in different ways? Uh, you know, because again, as I said, there's a creative expression in all of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's only through curiosity that we find different, different ways and means and mediums and uh, go through the whole journey of even healing. Mm-hmm. So vulnerability and curiosity come together a big way in healing mm-hmm. internally and anchoring internally and aligning with us and uh, the observer that exists in all Mm. comes alive more and more and more with curiosity and vulnerability. And you can, you know, when you sit back, uh, all of us, whether it's music is a pattern, even for an artist, there's some in abstraction, there is a pattern. Mm. The patterns come alive. Those, they make sense. So when that's why when you ask me, Ashu, how do you suddenly see things? Yeah. It is purely the expanded observer which makes gives me the capacity to see the patterns in life, or the patterns at my work, or the patterns in relationships, or in events, in everything. Yeah. And it's all about expanding that observer more and more and more. Wow, I can vouch that your observer mode is awesome because the first time we spoke and I told you I'm an attitudinal and a voice coach and I said, (laughs) tell me even my mentor coach doesn't like that term. You very easily said, you know what? You are doing self-expression. So call yourself a self-expression coach, which was so simple and I never observed it or saw it. And for you in that mode, so I think that for me was the best example of how to just move away objectively to get those simple things, which define somebody. And uh, that for me, I'm, I'm really grateful to you, Ashu, because I immediately went and changed it on my LinkedIn byline <laughs> as a self-expression <laughs> coach, because you just said it like that, but it resonated instantly with me. So uh, like you said, 
there are these moments and i think as observers or people who are living their life mindfully mindlessly however but just living with curiosity it's moments like these that capture what life can be thank you very much is there something that you want to add to that i think what i would add is that the more deeper you go within and the more you trust within uh, obviously the higher is your t- level of surrender and the higher is your level of spontaneity yeah so the spont what i said to you that day was just being the spontaneous instrument of the higher self true and it just connected because i also am completely in surrender when uh, the way i see things panning out i feel that's the best mode to be in and the way things open up are beyond our imagination like this conversation on you and i with rashwishethi with you ashu thank you so much for sharing your uniqueness and individuality and making the world so special thanks a lot it was completely an honor hosting you on this podcast thank you so very much it is uh, your and my spontaneity that brought this conversation together and i really appreciate and have enjoyed our moment and time together thank you ashu stay blessed and continue to inspire with that we come to the end of this weekly quest of you and i with rashmi shetty Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye@gmail.com. That is r a s h m i . t h e t h i r d e y e at @gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.